Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. On the island of Great Britain, in the United Kingdom, within the borders of the country of Wales, lies a mountain. The Welsh refer to it as Cader Idris, the giant's chair. There are numerous legends upon the mountain. Some nearby lakes are supposed to be bottomless, and anyone who sleeps on its slopes alone will awaken a madman or a poet. In October 2016, I went to a place called Devil's Creek. Layla! Layla Bridget! I haven't been fearful, I've been more curious, but... Anytime I'd be mowing the lawn, down below, there's a spot that you go on the outside, just down right along the, the, the tree line down there where she had her one experience. And I'm like, always felt, they're just right there, they're watching me, you know? And I'm like, okay, this is where we go, pick me up that lawnmower, you know? I lay on the rock where the storms have their dwelling the birthplace of phantoms, the home of the cloud. Around it forever, deep music is swelling. The voice of the mountain wind, solemn and loud. T'was a midnight of shadow, all fitfully streaming of wild waves and breezes that mingled their moan of dim, shrouded stars as from gulfs faintly gleaming, and I met the dread gloom of its grandeur alone. I lay there in silence, and a spirit came over me. A man's tongue 
has no language to speak what I saw. Things glorious, unearthly, passed floating before me, and my heart almost fainted with rapture and awe. It is a condition of monsters that they do not perceive themselves as such. The dragon, you know, hunkered down in the village devouring maidens, heard the townsfolk cry, Monster! And looked behind him. Tonight, I'm pleased to share with you a conversation with my friend, Donna, as we catch up after my two previous visits to the area. Thank you for listening to OK Talk. Hey, you. Hey, you. How are you? Pretty good. Hold on. I said I'm okay, and then all of a sudden I realized I hadn't given the horses grain, so you can walk with me while I do that. Okay, cool. So it's been a while. There isn't anybody that's really super interested in this. I don't think that at this point isn't aware of that stuff. Like, it's made its rounds, and I get emails from people who are like, hey, I found your podcast because of this this episode. Well, that's cool. And it's the thing that people have just been the most annoyed about. What do you mean most <laughs> annoyed about? That after I came back, I was with David, and we just were like, yeah, man, some crazy stuff's going on up there, but I don't really want to talk about it right now. let the suspense build then talking to kelsey and david and having them on what is crazy to me because of our relationship you've only been on my show once talking about it right yeah no that's it otherwise you yeah you've had david there and stuff like that and greg i did that episode where i released that conversation with greg oh yeah i didn't know about that yeah yeah you did it's just the one like right after i got back and i'm play that yeah 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 (laughs) I play that scene from Young Guns where they're taking peyote. Yep, I get it. I got it. He's talking about the neighbors a little bit then. I'd rather talk to you firsthand first. <laughs> that's the way I'd like to do it. That's fine. I was out there this last weekend. I know. That's what David was saying. It's Thursday, yesterday. Yeah, you were out there yesterday, right? Yeah, I was going to um, pay out there, but nobody was finished with what they said they'd be done with, but... It was interesting. There's a, um, you know how, what do you call it, the fence there, right by the courtyard area and stuff that goes around? Right. Towards the back, that one would piece would always get pulled away from the fence. It was a perfect line up with the back window. Now, there's a different one that was pulled out. Um, Greg and I noticed it a week ago when we were there, and I pulled it back in, and it's directly in line with the man cave, which is where the workers are you know, working all the time. And it's, you can't see it. It's perfectly situated where it's all covered up, except for that spot. And then when I went yesterday and I looked over, that thing was really pulled out a long way. So I hammered it back in. And, and But it was like, I took pictures, you know, looking over and stuff. It's hard to tell on pictures, especially when you don't have any um, 
any way to measure. I wasn't going to go around and make a big deal about it with the workers there, but I borrowed a hammer and hammered it back in. But you could tell what it was there. It looked like uh, footprints there. So it was interesting. But again, you know, unless you have scale, it's just, you know, you can't really tell. It's just obvious that something has been standing there. Exactly, and matting it down. And it's, there's a little area right there where they just, something's obviously going there. And it's not going from the house, it's coming in from the road area. Right. Let's talk just a little bit, just to catch people up about you and I. Because, like I said, we, we hadn't talked at all. Well, we did. We talked all the time. <laughs> but we didn't really, in this environment, get to sit down and almost kind of on the record talk about what had happened when Dave and I were there with you, because I'm interested to know now where you are a little bit removed from everything. What do you think about this? David and I were out there alone and I took my Bluetooth speaker and I got the idea since you had moved away and you were not there. And I figured some people probably, some things probably missed you around there. And I played your voice quite a bit of it. I let that podcast go for 10 minutes or so with you talking. And then when David and I were having a conversation about the dogs and David said, you know, I should bring Riley and Monty up here, went back inside, sat down. And I kept feeling like I was hearing something against David's best wishes. I got him to pull the recorder in and swap it out. And we heard the same voices that you had heard just saying the names that we had just said. Do you think them hearing your voice had anything with some increased level of activity around the house? <laughs> it's kind of a scary thought, isn't it? You know, I don't know. You know, hearing my voice, I hadn't been there for so long. You know, just think about if, if with an animal, any animal, you're gone and you're, you're, let's say, your dog, and you come back and they get so excited to see you and stuff like that. I'm sure that they were wondering if they paid attention. You know, we, we moved and... You know, we moved most of the furniture out and so forth, and they probably wondered what was going on. But then all of a sudden they're hearing me back, and they're probably wondering what's going on too. And, and if they were there, I'm sure they were they were wondering what was going on and trying to communicate back. And that, that would be my first thought. They obviously recognized you. There's no doubt about that. Oh, I think they're highly intelligent. I think they recognize cars and everything else. I mean, when I was out there and I was filming and stuff, uh, wild horses and stuff, they would recognize my truck. Now, other cars and trucks would come, and they would take off. They got so used to me being out there, because I was there day after day after day for a year, that I could drive up almost right next to them. And as long as I stayed in the truck or the truck bed, they were fine. If I got out of that, you know, their comfort zone, that was their comfort zone, then they took off, of course, um, or I got too close to them, which, I, which, you know, I don't. You know, you have a telephoto lens and so forth. But I think these guys are highly intelligent. I think they keep track of every coming and going up on that hill. How weird for them, too. They're hearing my voice, but they haven't seen me, if they're actually looking. Well, we had reason to believe that they were pretty close when we pulled up. That's right. You guys you guys had knocks right away, or, or uh, David wh- heard a knock right away. The whistle, though, when we were unloading oh, the car. See, it's been a little bit since I've talked to you about yeah. that. Yeah. I went down to the barn. It makes so much sense to me now. It really stunned me at the time, and I've had time to think about it and had time to talk to him about what exactly happened because there was 
so much happened so fast it was almost overwhelming in a little in a weird way the whistle thing totally weirded me out but i was down at the barn and i heard over there by the gate by the road by the gate to get in on that side of the fence like something i think something jumped the fence probably out to the road i don't think in because i heard then so I hear this loud noise, and then now I know that that's what it sounded like. Something hitting that fence. And then I heard really, really, really loud footsteps running behind the house to the right. And that would have been after David got whistled at. So if something's standing over there, whistles at David, he turns around, looks at the tree line. And I wasn't right there because I was going through the house. I dropped my stuff off and then walked out to the deck, down to the barn. So I don't know that that's happened to David at this point. And just kind of checking the barn out because of the doors being open. But now it makes perfect sense. That I heard that that thing was standing over there in that circle behind that tree in between the fence and the house. You know, on the property, not over the fence on the street. You mean down by the ravine, kind of? Yeah, so coming up out of the ravine. Yeah walking like you're walking towards the gate where there's that you're almost right next to the driveway but the way that tree is it, you have a really wicked canopy and there's like a circle right there like it's a perfect little lookout spot when i was back there you know yesterday and so forth and i'm walking around and i'm taking a look and i'm seeing what's the same what's changed and some of the paths i mean it's still the same paths and stuff you, you realize, and it's some new paths actually too, but you realize that there's so many places to hide there. And especially now, it's grown over a little bit more. You know, when we were there, we kept it all the way cut back as much as we could because we didn't want a bunch of things staring at us from the ravine or, you know, it being too overgrown so we couldn't see. You know, we cleared out a lot of that. You know, that whole area with the little two little barn things and that whole fenced in area, that was all really dense forest right there until we took it out because it was just too close and things were happening so close to the house. Things were looking in the window. Um, it, it was just kind of crazy for me. Um, so um, Greg and I, and with some help, we cleared it out. To me, they still get very close. I'm sure they get up to the house too. Yeah. And then yesterday, you know, when I was there yesterday, I actually sent David and I just recorded it on my phone, something kind of interesting that was calling out. It, you know, we can't figure what that is either. It's not matching any birds or any anything that we can figure out and it's not matching it's almost more human like and it's call it's kind of weird you had a chicken that went missing peep the chicken yes that was that was the strangest thing i peep the, and and dave what was even stranger is what david asked me to go do which was so peep went missing and um we couldn't find peep and peep and the chickens are always there all the time, and they're well taken care of. Um, they could roam a bit and so forth. Peep just went missing, and we couldn't figure out where. Man, it was during a time when we were having quite a bit of activity there, too. So David told me to go to the forest edge there and tell them that I wanted, or whoever was listening, that I wanted Peep back, and Peep belonged to me, and, and I love Peep, or whatever he told me to say, and, and then see what happened. And I did that. You know, I'm feeling really ridiculous because 
I just felt really ridiculous. And a couple hours later, I go back outside and Peep's running around. He was back. He was back. Yeah. You you told them what needed to happen. Yeah. But, and then we left some eggs out for them, and that's, you know, how the whole egg thing happened. Do you want to tell that story? Yeah, so I left. I actually left, uh, you know, one of those clear little plastic little bowls you can find at the dollar store. Mm-hmm. Um, I found one of those. I got one of those, and I put some eggs in it, just complete eggs, three eggs. put the eggs there and left them there all night, and I put them on a post down by where I thought there was activity happening. And then I went to go get and take a look the next day, and the egg had actually been cracked open, and the shell was gone, but the egg was there still intact. That's what happened the first time. <laughs> I mean, the, the egg, the yolk was not broken. The white was there. It wasn't all mixed up. Just It's like somebody cracked the egg open and took the shell. It was as if the egg shell was cracked, put in there like an omelet was going to be made, but there was no sign of the cracked shell. Nothing. There was not, I looked all over. I was trying to figure out what would eat the shell and not the yolk because that's the, that's the most nutritious part. Something's going to eat it. Even now, you know, our chickens, if I scramble some eggs or even if I uh, break an egg open or something like that um, on the ground, they eat the yolk, they eat the whites and stuff. And sometimes they'll eat the actual shell, but they eat that last or they'll come back to it. They don't eat the shell first and leave everything else. And, of course, it's all broken apart. You know, raccoons, could raccoons manipulate it? Yeah, maybe, but why wouldn't they eat the yolk and, and the white? I mean, that's the most nutritious part. And, you know, what else would do it? What else could manipulate that well enough to do that besides a raccoon? I'll let people decide on that one. Uh, you would think at least there would be some trace elements of the egg. you think so. I mean, I, lo- I looked all over. I looked on the ground. I looked around. I looked, you know, on both sides of the fence. You looked on the ground. You looked around. You. <laughs> oh, no, that, that, that sounds familiar. <laughs> that sound sounds familiar. The doll. <laughs> For the record, your house is quite a ways away. Where you live now is quite a ways away. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not like it's a, it's a, a, a short little trip to go there. It takes a, a couple hours. Right. There's traffic and just... Yep. Just like any place that's really, really kick-ass, it takes some work to get there, both on both accounts. Yeah, and you know the place we live in now, we have, as you know, we have horses and farm animals, and yeah, it's you know, somebody has to take care of it here unless we find somebody to watch the place, which we've done. That's why I was going to stay out there by myself, but did not because the workers hadn't finished, and there was no sense of me. I mean, I couldn't because uh, we were having our floors, you know, those wood floors. We're having them totally redone. So they were they were being sanded and they were being coated and very, very toxic. So I couldn't even stay in the house. And there was no way I was going to be staying outside there. I was thinking about this. Um, you know, David and Kelsey went up there and spent a couple of nights. Kelsey is David's lovely daughter. Dr. Kelsey almost. Dr. Ellis. Right. <laughs> I was thinking about the man cave. And the thing with the door, was that that way before they got up there, or was it that way when David and Kelsey got there? Do you remember? 
You mean how it was open? Right, with the broken fan. With the broken fan. Um, no. What happened was is that uh, David and Kelsey came and, and, and went there. Kelsey slept upstairs. And there's a really cool bench bed up there, upstairs. And, it over, and it's right, you're, you know, right against the window. And right. I know it well. It's, it's literally a loft with a mattress there. But because of the design of the house, you actually, you're right up close. It's one of the only places in the house where you can look out the front into the courtyard. Into the courtyard, besides the kitchen. And you can on the other bedrooms, but this gives you the view of the whole thing. Yeah, you're right there. It's real intimate. And I will say this before, I know exactly what you're going to say, but when we stayed there, I slept there. And that Ooh. that first night, Donna, I was so freaked out that I played a podcast loud as could be about fantasy football because I didn't want to hear anything anymore. I got to the point where I couldn't take it anymore. Oh, my gosh. Well, Kelsey slept there, too, and she got to the point where she, she couldn't look. She just felt like she was being looked at, stared at, and she hid under the covers. And just she didn't she didn't move and didn't do anything all night. The next morning they got up and stuff and they walked out you know into the courtyard. I don't know if they've had their coffee yet or not or maybe they just were getting it. And it's beautiful in that area and you can just walk out and and take your coffee with you and, and have some quiet time. I'm not sure which one noticed it. I think it was Kelsey's noticed it first and got her dad. But the door into the man cave, which is you get to it from the courtyard and it's above the garage, that door was open. Not only was the door open, but, you know, there's two light fans that hang down. One of them had been, something hit it so hard that the, it bent the actual area where the light is, that whole structure bent, and the light itself was like 10 feet across the room. That's how they found it. And it, that's kind of crazy. I mean, all night long she felt like she was being stared at, and she just hid under the covers and felt scared that night. And then they woke up to this. Kind of freaked her out. Because, you know, she, she tries to, she has a very analytical mind. And some, her dad will say something and she'll try and say, okay, but it could be this, this, and this. And this is one thing there that she had no explanation for that she experienced for herself. And that's pretty cool. It's shocking. Yeah. And I was explaining to some people this weekend about David and I are driving up there upon walking the grounds shortly after the whistle and hearing the thing run, we walked down to the tree line together and we noticed that underneath that tree right there, there was like the grass was all matted down right there and there was um, the bunny rabbit stuffed animal dog toy. There were fresh open oyster shells. There were little pieces of metal and I couldn't figure out. Some of them looked like they came from drains or whatever, but a couple of them were, and this is crazy to me, the end of a light bulb, like the metal part of the light bulb that screws into the outlet, right? That's weird. And, you know, I always, we always found those, you know, they, something was leaving all over the place, you know, in places that I would find it, whether it was on the trail down below or up above on a stump or something. But we'd always find these pieces of the same same tile that came from, you know, the tile was 
always the same and stuff like that. But these pieces of blue tile, some were bigger. Right. Um, they all came from the same thing. And so now you're telling me that. You know, where are they getting this? Is there some type of... Um, well, so you did confirm that that bunny rabbit and all of the dog stuff was in a trash can with the lid on it. That's true. And now it's, now it's in that one place. Right. And you recognize that animal. Oh, yeah. Those, you know, I know our dog toys and stuff. They, you, know, and that's, you know, that's one thing. You know, I'm looking out right now. I'm at our other house, and I'm looking out, and I'm looking out on our lawn and so forth, and I'm looking at dog toys right now. I mean, they, they'll take it, and they move them around and stuff. But we'd find dog toys. My dogs don't stack on top of each other. They don't put them next to each other in a nice, neat row or anything like that. Um, and sometimes we'd find stuff like that, some weird stuff with that. Or, you know, the dog toys would go missing, and then they'd come back. Or You know, you just they were just all over the place. Weird that you found the light bulb stuff. I don't know if you remember that picture. Either you or Dave pointed out the oysters. Because, to me, I mean, I noticed that they're shells. But you were both of the... You were like, if those were old, they'd be all green and nasty inside of them. Because that's what happens if you just crack an oyster and leave it in the air. They, Yeah, they get kind of bleached by the sun. But um, also when you take a nice clean oyster and you're, you clean it up and you, you know, I notice like when the birds and stuff like that, they, they clean it thoroughly. Um, but it's always, you know, they the birds will sit there and they'll drop them on things. So they always break. So you get lots of pieces. The ones that I noticed in the picture and stuff, they were pretty... As if they had been cracked right there. Here's this part and here's this part, and they're open. Well, you know, and also, you know, not on the property, but right... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I was going to say. Why don't you uh, talk a little bit about your your other experience with finding a stack of something in the wood? Yeah, so, you know, there's there's chanterelles there and stuff like that all over the place. And so we... I would what are chanterelles again? Centrals are these amazing mushrooms that if you buy them at the store, they're like 20 some dollars a pound or something like that. Right. Maybe even more, but they grow wild in this area and or over in that area. Actually, you don't find them over where I'm at now. But they grew, they were on the property, they were around the property, they were all over the mountainside if you knew where to go. And so, and there's a way to, you know, kind of look, you know, on the hillside, they'd be kind of growing up the side of a hillside or something like that where they had some type of protection and moisture. So we were looking for chanterelles, and this has got to be a mile, maybe a little bit more from, a little bit more than that, actually, from the actual beach. And that's a straight line, by the way, not not going on any trail or anything, from the beach um, on the water, the salt water there. And there's oysters and there's clams and stuff like that there you can get. And then on the side of a hill and in a place that looked like something had sat there, there was a stack of eaten oysters, and the oysters were just stacked on top of each other, like the shells, the half shells. And there, there was a, a good substantial stack. And when you sat there and you looked where that was at, and you had to really be mindful and look for this. I mean, the only thing that caught my eye about that, there was a little bit of white. And I couldn't figure out what that was coming from, and I'm curious enough to take a, go down a little cliff a little bit and take a look. And there was, um, and I had a friend with me too, so it wasn't like I was by myself. But there was a stack of oysters. And then when I started looking, and I looked out, and it was on the side of one of those deep ravines going in that um, that the road kind of cuts into. Mm-hmm. I had a perfect view of the cars coming and going, and you would not have been able to be seen. 
So a car came, they would not see me. It's a lookout post. Exactly, an act of oysters. Conceivably, someone gets assigned to lookout duty, and just like many people who have to watch something on television, they had a snack with them to make their experience more enjoyable. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it was, a, I mean, this isn't a forest. This isn't now down by the water. This isn't anywhere close by the water where an animal would take it up. I mean, raccoons and things like that do not take them up that far, and the birds don't drop them. Um, the favorite place for birds to drop them are the houses actually on the water. They actually drop them on the roof. So you, when you're driving around, start looking at the roof, and you'll notice a bunch of shells on people's roofs, and that's what they do. They'll, they'll drop them on the roof to get them to break. Again, that's why on many beaches you will find tons of shells cracked in that are in the sand, that are in the surf, because that's what birds do. They pull those things up out of the ground, and they crack them, and they get them. They don't generally fly them from the beach, crack them open, and leave them next to a bunny rabbit in some bits of metal as some sort of an offering. Oh, no, they don't. They have to actually drop them from the air to make them crack open. They, they, their beaks aren't strong enough to do that. Crows are really smart, so if they could figure it out, I'd give it to them, but they just couldn't, couldn't physically do it. No, they couldn't. And then, and so it's just to have it there, you know, by our house underneath a tree with a bunch of, you know, toys, dog toys and other things that, you know, and just like a, just like a kid, you know, what would they think is treasures and what we do is just so totally different. Like, right. You know, our little granddaughter, she, what she likes to collect is some of the funniest things. I find things in the weirdest places. I think that's what they do. I think they find things interesting and, and it, whether it's shiny or something, I don't know. I'm not, you know. Unfortunately, we don't have any um, study subjects, so that would be fun. You know, we're doing the best we can. One of the benefits of our relationship was I was actually able to go there and experience this, been around you. I experienced the audio phenomenon firsthand, personal, in a way that left me unable to explain to myself, to people who listen to this podcast, to David, how absolutely freaking bananas it was to be standing there on a deck, say dogs' names, hear those dogs' names immediately, <laughs> back to you in a recording, and then also not just the ones that we had said, as if it was some sort of weird echo, but also, I'll just go ahead and throw in a Layla for good measure. So, so, so if you don't mind, hang on just a second. Let's see if this will play. Let's just let's just uh, let's just take a listen to us after some of the audio that we collected after saying Riley and Monty. I hear Riley, and it also sounds like it's saying Layla, which would happen to be the dog's name that seems to show up on the audio when you guys live there the most. Here, just a couple more times. It's, it's, it's interesting, you know, we, people can sit there and try and listen to things, and they'll hear what they, you know, what they know or what's accustomed to me. I'd have to listen to, you know, when I had to really listen to hear the Riley, because I hear Layla, but then I, I listen to it again, you know, I'm listening to it again because, you know, we know David likes to... uh 
to play things more than once. And I do hear the Riley part, but there's a Layla in there too. Right. Yeah. In fact, it's right. That one in particular is Riley Layla. So here, we'll give it a couple more times. I'm going to crank this up. You could hear it fine, correct? I can hear it. Yeah, I can hear it perfect. Okay, hang on just a sec. I mean... So now, did you hear that? No, 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 not at the time. Not the time. So we're standing on the deck. We're having a conversation. We actually, in betwixt all this, I've played the podcast, and we're just kind of hanging out. We're kind of trying not to pay attention to the woods. We're just having a good chat. David and I are, have obviously spent hours and hours and hours talking, but never face-to-face and never in an amazing place, and it's great. And it's dark. <laughs> we're actually we got off on talking about some comedy and i played him something from the radio station and we're having a chuckle and david says you know we should bring riley and monty up here which are his dogs shortly within 30 seconds to a minute i'm standing next to him and i'm facing the gate i'm looking towards the gate there's that floodlight that's over there by the driveway which doesn't help at all with being able to see into that mass of the best camouflage in front of the ravine, right? It's just lighting up the outside of the leaves, but you can just pass that. It's just really dark in there. You don't see into anything. I mean, it's a rain. It's a rainforest. It's right. Northwest version of a jungle. Right. And I had just a moment where I saw. I'm not considering this a sighting. I just saw movement. I saw darker than the darkness movement or vice versa. Low, because at some of those angles, the only thing that you could see, you'd have to be at an angle to see underneath a little bit of tree and ground separation. Just And I saw it, but we just were like, okay. And I was like, let's go back inside. Let's see. We got the recorder out here. Let's see what happens. And we sit down right there, right by the the glass door. David's got a little table set up. We have the chairs there. He's got the laptop open, but we're just talking. And we're talking about experiences there. In the attempt of having a casual conversation, I keep hearing what I perceive to be a television on. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like there's a television somewhere in the house that's on. And, of course, there's nothing there. The little office still had a few things, but it certainly didn't have any electronics. The kitchen and the living room, um, all of that is, it's empty. But I kept hearing something, and that's what it sounded like. It sounded like you're in a bigger house, and someone has a television on. Or a radio. Or a radio. I kept hearing it, but before I said anything, about the third time that I turned around and looked over my shoulder as I'm sitting in that office chair... Over my shoulder, down the hall that goes to the laundry room, which is, which empties out right there by the driveway, right towards the gate. Which I just kept hearing stuff out there. David's like, "What? Are, what's going on?" I was like, "Man, I keep hearing something. I'm hearing. It sounds like there's 
I hear voices. And we continue to have conversations. And it gets to the point, Donna, where I'm like, I can't. Like, we need to go listen to this right now. Go get it right now. And David's like, no, no, no. Let's let it play. You know, I'm like, no. Like, I just heard something. I want to I know now what happened. We switch the recorder out, bring it in, plug it in, pulls up the file. And we can see it. Right, we're looking at the spectral analysis of it. And the first one that he caught was this. Play it again. interesting you know i once you said that i can hear that but you know then then you're going down a whole different rabbit hole because you're not only saying that they can mimic you're you're actually saying that they have um the capability to speak our language not just mimic right well i would think it would be its pattern and that could be i'm i could be hearing that because that's a speech pattern of human is layla there is a question that i can see being put forth that may not be what it's saying but it's definitely saying Layla, right? It sounds like Layla, yeah. There's a part <coughs> there that says Layla. And, you know, the, the interesting part, you know, and this is where David and I will spend a lot of time talking or, or something like that. You know, what our ears are here to, are trained to hear, you know, it could be something in what they consider, you know, their own language, too, speaking. And we're just hearing what we would find commonality and something that we say. Right. So here's one of the reasons why I acted the way that I did when I got back is because I'm not positive and certainly wasn't at that point exactly what was going on. And it was more than I was expecting. In fact, it was 30 minutes, 45 minutes after the fact that we hear that. So we're scrolling through it. And again, he had said we should bring Riley or Monty up there. Oh, there was also this thrown in. So that's the next sound we encounter. Then we scroll a little further. And then there's this. So again, remember, I'm, I'm telling David that I'm hearing what sounds as if it's talking. And one thing that's important to notice about, besides that scream or whatever that was, the, whatever that was, whatever animal that was, the, the things that sound like voices are lengthy, right? It's multiple syllables or rah, 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 rah. It's not just, meh, meh, you know, in those particular clips. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is that, you know, you, you realize that the nights aren't as quiet as you think they are, and, and there's things going on, and, you know, that's just, that's how I lived for three years. Right. And it's just, it blows your mind. I think, you know, the first sound that, that really blew my mind, and that's that whoopee whoopee. I was so close and so clear to the recorder, and that's, you know, we didn't expect anything. That's how David and I actually ended up being hooked up, Derek Randall's of the Olympic Project. Shout out to Derek. David, 
because I was hearing what sounded like some type of voices, and I couldn't make out what it was saying down in the woods, places that, you know, that nobody lived. There shouldn't be any sound coming from, and it just, it was, it sounded really weird, and I told Derek, I said, I know this is going to sound really odd. Greg's not home, and and, um, we haven't found any signs of anybody being down there. And not that we could go down there, really, because it takes, you know, you really have to bushwhack to get down there. But we had been down there once, and we never saw anything. That's how Derek became involved, or David, because he came out. And that's how the recording started. And so, the, you know, the interesting part is you're there one night, and you're hearing this stuff. And, and as dumbfounded and blown away as you are, I still am. I still get, it still puts the chills down your spine. I knew when I got back and I was having this conversation and trying to explain to Matt, there's a conversation that Matt and I had that I have not played for anyone. And it's me attempting to tell him what the hell was happening in a, I may not even release this kind of way. And I, I in the mid- middle of that, I started to feel wow, this is how Donna felt. (laughs) This is why Donna was like, I want to get out of here. This is unnerving on a different kind of level because the repetition, you're hearing the same voices, right? You can tell the difference, like you say with the whoopee-whoopee. You're hearing them and sometimes years apart. Well, and or months apart and stuff. I mean, we we're right. multiple times here, but you'd hear the, you know, you'd hear the, you know, the big guys. Is, is, you know, we we end up kind of nicknaming them and stuff. And there's distinct voices there, distinct, you know, sounding voices, and uh, we believe that they came from uh, different ones. And you know, of course, we don't know that. It's just speculation. You know, it's not like I saw them talking, and and it's not like, you know, I I've, I've seen one. I've seen it, seen one twice. I don't know if it's the same one. And then maybe a third, a bit of one on a third time, and that's possible. I'm not sure if it was or not. But beyond that, all this is speculation. All this is, you know. No question about it. No question about it. it we don't know. But as I was going to say earlier, it's really important to put forth to people, unlike some other things that you may hear sometimes, the thing that we're playing for you, these little bits of audio are a nanteenth of the amount of audio that's been collected. The stories are just brushing the surface of some of the things that have been experienced there. The place is overwhelming, and you experienced it for a lengthy amount of time, and you've had people go back, and they experience the exact same thing. Yeah, we don't know what's going on. Sure, we don't know. And did you guys hear any wood knocks and stuff when you guys were there? Definitely. I, I think it's just important for me to put forth to people that this isn't just like a one-off thing with you and Greg and we had you on and this is what happened with you guys. The amount of information is staggering and we can't know what it is we're dealing with. But just like with anything else, all we can come up with are theories as to what's happening. That's the way that when you study something that you're not 100% sure of goes. Whether you're talking about animals in the ocean or the atmosphere or physics, 
the way, the reason that the stars do the things the stars do. You come up with theories until repetition and experiments prove something. Well, but, it's, it's a way for us to deal with what we don't understand and, and, and so forth. I mean, you being there and you going through what you did and experiencing what you did and the feelings of being there, you, you now got to experience that. And, and how do you explain that? And how do you explain those feelings that you felt there? And it's one thing when we, we are sitting here talking about it. It's another thing when you're right there in the dead of night experiencing it or during the day even. Right. Experiencing it. Experiencing it. I mean, that's that's a whole different level of weirdness right there. The strangest part for me is it being the morning after and you're listening to the stuff that kind of confirms that, wow, it really there really was stuff going on last night and it's beautiful outside and you're like, wow, that's happening right now. Yep. <laughs> that, or, or, you think, or you think there's nothing going on. I've had this thing, okay, I, I feel better. I haven't, you know, things seem pretty quiet and then you're going through some of the the audio and it's like oh no <laughs> it's not quiet things were happening or you know things did happen and and um just blissfully unaware of it at that moment so just because just because we have the ability and we're here and we can play it it's really low and then this is the riley layla this is actually us saying it so here you get to hear us on the on the patio i actually say Layla to the woods. Layla. Fucking Riley and Monty up here. There's some new dog names. Riley. That's easy to say. Come here, Riley. And Monty. So in, in that short amount of time, you got me saying Layla. And David saying Riley and Monty. Did you notice that when you're saying, you know, Riley, you're, whoever said it was in a higher pitched tone saying it. And did you notice on the on the playback of whatever was mimicking that, that's, they said it in a higher pitched tone too? Oh, wow. It sounded like. Wait, no, I didn't even think about that. Layla Monty. Wait a minute, you think you hear a Monty in there? Wait, let's play again. Again. Oh, wow! I actually could see where you were thinking Monty, Layla. Yeah, now I now I know I'm hearing it differently. Right. Isn't it weird the way that can play on your mind. What you know, we hear. I mean. Totally. And so I was thinking about this the other day. Did you hear that thing uh, where, what was it? Oh, gosh. I'm going to feel like an idiot now. It was the new thing. Uh, is this dress blue or is it yellow or does it have stripes or people hear different things? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you see that? It was going yeah. around. It was somebody asking a word to dic dictionary.com to pronounce it. And when it came out, it, it sounded to her one thing, but to other people, it sounded a different thing. And the uh, reason that it does that, and it's one of those anomalies where some people hear a higher frequency easier or a lower frequency easier. Isn't it great then that we have, we can actually visually see sound so that we don't get confused? Totally. And I think it's really cool doing this, that people get to hear this stuff and then be like, hey, you know what? I thought I heard that. <laughs> I like hearing what people have to say.
<laughs> uh, when, we're, when we're giving them the chance to see this. But yes, seeing it, you can see the occurrence of it. I realized the other day, you know, we had this conversation when I was up there, that I was kind of a mockingbird that I could hear voices. And I can, when I'm watching movies, animated films, I can hear a guy's voice and know who it is, know who the vocal actor is. Um, I'm just, it's a, whatever, a curse or a talent, whatever. And it's one of the reasons that I'm able to do the voices that I do. To me, when I hear something <laughs> on these cuts, I can he hear the familiarity. And the thing that really tripped me out about some of these is they sounded like some of the voices or some of the other audio that you had had that would have been from, you know, a couple of years earlier or whatever. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, when you go back to and listen to some of that other audio, you can, you can hear the, the tone, you know, just like you recognize my voice, you know, we recognize. Right. I mean, we, we recorded almost three years, well, just about on a nose, three years. And, you know, you, you get to know these sounds and, you know, people that every place has, seems to have their own, little unique set of sounds, you know, that their house makes or that's around, you're out in the woods or, or maybe town or whatever it is. And you kind of go through and you get used to those and then it's the weird stuff, you know, that we've picked out and stuff. And and those, you know, we, we get to know those too. We get to know, okay, that's the big gruffy guy or this is cranky or, you know, we've got a couple names for them. And, and that voice that, you know, you guys are listening to right now, yeah, definitely that comes from one of the ones that we've recorded before like a dead ringer to it mm -hmm. so you say that every place they have their sounds Correct. so i know you heard completely engrossing tale of el turista el payo the rooster who terrorized people <laughs> yeah you sent that to me and um later on in that episode i'm talking about being at this hotel in new orleans and that in reading about it online, one of the things in this place, this carriage house, it's a collection of buildings. One of the things that I'd heard was a big thing there that people heard were, sounds like somebody in the room, there were people in the room next to you when there weren't. And um, that occurred and um, in a different way, but later on in a much different, in a much more significant manner to me, I constantly read that there were footsteps heard from what they perceived to be Civil War era soldier heavy boot sounds on the balcony, the wooden, this is an old building, right? So I am laying down, it's 1130, and everyone is gone because Jazz Fest is happening. And so there's not a lot of people hanging out at the hotel, but in this little building, there's three rooms. There's a long staircase and then wooden, wooden balcony that runs right in front of the room and um i've walked up the steps several times that day and i hear clear as day footsteps clear as day and i'm looking out the window and there's a little uh you know white drape in front of the window that's backlit by a light outside so that if you walk in front of my room at night and i'm looking at you from the bed i can see your silhouette pass by easy right so, so, so i sit up and i'm like holy crap it reminded me of the thing at Devil's Creek where it's like, hey, uh, we have these voices. They, it sounds like they're saying Layla. And then we turn the recorder on and it's like, Layla. I'm like, holy crap. This is the thing that I heard about this place, right? So I heard it a second time that night. And the third time after that, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to turn my iPhone on 
turn the recorder on, set it over here. And um, I played this in our last episode, but here, I'll play it for you. Check this out. But again, it's the thing where that building, that's one of the things that it's known for, right? That's a sound that it's known for. It gave me that, holy crap. I'm staying in a place where they say there's footsteps, there's footsteps, and I'm looking out the window and there's nobody there, right? I go to Devil's Creek, and this is a place where I hear that I'm going to hear these things, experience these things, and it happens. We can't say you're going to hear these things. We can say that, you know, that these things happened there. And that. Right, the evidence will be caught. That was amazing That in that it sounded as if there was somebody outside. But all too often, like with the whistle with David, that wasn't, um, that was something that you could hear on the audio without it being enhanced. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, like what I recorded on my phone um, when I was there yesterday. It's, and, you know, send it to David and say, hey, you know, what do you think this might be? Because I, I don't know. Does he have that right now? Yeah, yeah, we have it. I Wait a minute. Has it. Wait a minute. It's, it's what David calls the sweet spot for the megahertz and stuff like that. You know, we went through and looked at, you know, there's, uh, you know, those guinea hens. There's a gal on the hillside there that has guinea hens, and you know, we wanted to make sure that by some bizarre chance it wasn't making a sound like that. And right. They don't. Here, let's get out with somebody. Go ahead. Hang on, just a sec. Let's see what let's see what happens here. I'm calling David. I just wanted to say, hey, email me that audio real quick. Hey, man, you're on the air right now. Oh, okay. I'm, and you're here with Donna. Say hi, Donna. Hello, I, David. <laughs> this is me just telling you, hey, can you send me the audio that Donna sent you from yesterday? Can you email that to me real quick? Or I sent to Donna. Well, yeah. She got on her phone and then you, am I wrong? Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? The audio from yesterday? No, she's saying she caught audio on her phone and sent it to you. I love you, David. I love you. No, that's awesome. Hey, email that to me real quick. We're going to play it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. I love you so much. You're the best. Okay, bye-bye. Awesome. Yeah, was he like, what audio? <laughs> He's such, honestly, to tell you how big of a professional David Ellis is and how great David Ellis is at helping people, people send him stuff all the time and he'll do all this work on it. It's a shame when David Ellis does all this work that he doesn't get the credit that he deserves when people play that audio for someone, you know? Oh, yeah. With, you know, without David, we, we wouldn't be where we're at no. at all. I mean, we wouldn't be, I wouldn't be talking to you. We wouldn't have the stuff that we have to play for you um, emotionally. He's been there as far as being able to, you know, help talk me down off the ledge sometimes. I mean, he's an amazing guy. And, you know, he does and he hours and hours and hours, and he doesn't get paid for this. No, right. No, not at all. We'll have pay for him to do this stuff, and... And, you know, people reach out all the time and, and, you know, he's very careful, very good at what he does. He's very careful and, and makes sure that everybody knows, you know, this is, this, you know, it's not this, it's not this. We don't know what it is, you know. 
kind of is, you know, sounds similar to this. Is he never comes out and says, hey, for sure you've got a Sasquatch on here. Because you know what? The reality is none of us know anything for sure. Except if you had a sighting or you heard him do something. And even then, unless you've got it recorded or a camera going. And he spends hours and hours doing this stuff. And he is such a professional and he does it to such an instant degree that anything he does is spot on. Real he's, good guy, too. Just, yeah, just he's the best. guy. He's the best. He's been a, a kick-ass father figure mentor in the strange and weird and radio land to me that is uh, hard to describe. But I think that if you pay attention, you know. It just agitates me when someone would have him do work and act like they know. Of all people, Cliff Barrickman is the person who put me in contact with Dave Ellis. Mr. Cliff when I didn't know what to do, when I captured the scream or the howl or whatever from Falk, Arkansas, Boggy Creek Town, Cliff was the one that was like, man, send that shit to David Ellis. Plus <laughs> a great guy. I've, I've met him a few times now, and he's actually been out to the house, too. Before. Right, right, right. Yeah. He's fantastic. He's a, you know, I, I, if I write him once in a while about something, you know, I'll say, I'm not sure if you remember me, but he goes, of course I remember you. So, it's nice guy. Real nice guy, and... and very humble. Yeah. Yeah, he's the best. Everyone knows that the definitive Cliff Berrickman interview occurred on this very program. And if you haven't listened to it, people, go listen to it. Because you get to learn a lot about that guy besides just Bigfoot. And it's cool. Exactly. Well, yeah, you're the one that told me about the music and stuff and so forth. There's, there's a lot of depth to him. And David, David's a very humble guy, too. Oh, yeah, totally. I'm the one that's tooting that guy's horn. He won't do it himself. He's No, he never does. No. he's. And let me tell you, he keeps, um, you know, if somebody says something, sends something to him and says, you know, I don't want anybody to know about it, don't share this with anybody, the guy doesn't. He doesn't. He's a steel trap. He doesn't. He's a steel trap. And And you can understand why some people... I, I guess it's just, you know, I, I have this opinion about what I do on this show where I feel as if I've given people the reason to think whatever they want to think about me in terms of what kind of stories I'm telling them. And if you want to hear what I play, you know, you take it with a grain of salt. I don't really care one way or the other. I know. I know this is just, you know, I'm not out on the porch playing the Ohio howl over a recorder in the background or standing off in the wood line, taking a baseball bat to an oak tree. Like, I know I'm not doing that. So, um, but you can't know that. Nobody could know that, I guess. Whatever. But I don't really care. I feel like we've put together, um, uh, uh, we put ourselves out there and people choose to believe you or not. And Well, I think it, I think it goes beyond that. You know, for people that, you know, like, we never use our last name. We never. No. We don't let people know exactly where we're at and stuff. Um, and for a couple of reasons. One, you know, people we want our privacy. Um, the other part of it is, is that, uh, you know, the, you don't want to be thought of as crazy. And then, you know, I've never worried about what people think as far as what my sighting was like, or you know, what they thought about that, or the sounds and so forth, um, whether they believe them or not. Because I, I personally don't care. I just know what's happened. And it's, you know, our experience and, um, you know, other people have had experiences there. 
And that's, you know, it, it is what it is. It's, we're just playing it and letting you guys know. Um, and, and why are we doing that now? You know, I think there has to be other people out there. I, there's, there has to be other people out there that has, you know, similar circumstances, maybe part of similar, maybe part not, um, who just, you know, don't know what to do. Or, you know, they don't have the David Ellis's to call up in their neck of the woods or, or they don't have the Derek Randalls and stuff like that and, and don't know where to reach out. And I think it's important um, that they know because I guarantee you that I'm not the only one that's had something going on like this. Right. And I think it gives credence to the topic in general to have people who are sane, without a motive, speaking out. So in saying all that about the value of what we have and what we share and what we do to try to see if other people are experiencing the same thing, one, I think it's important for people to know that if you live in a modern society at all and have a smartphone, chances are it has a recorder on it and you can record stuff. And the stuff that I've recorded on this podcast and played more often than not has come from my iPhone directly from me holding it up in the air and turning the voice recorder on. Now, this is you yesterday at the house. Do you want to reset again what you were, what exactly is about to happen? You don't have to tell me what happens, Yeah. but tell me what you're doing at this moment. Yeah, what I was doing is I was walking around the property. We still have workers there and stuff like that. And I'm casually walking down, and I'm actually down below, and I'm walking, you know, different areas and taking a look. And, you know, some of the old places that things were sometimes be different or amiss or, you know, where we'd find something trying to make a bed or something, um, or what we believe that they were trying to do, but um, walking around and so forth. And all of a sudden I realize I'm hearing something. You know how you're kind of hearing something and it's kind of background noise almost? And then I, I stopped because it was, it was way different than anything else. So you, you're going to kind of hear the workers a little bit and then you're, you're going to hear this noise. And, um, and I heard it and then I'm like, oh, my word, I wonder, I'll report it. You know, I got my phone out real fast, and I turned it on to record, and not knowing if it would actually catch it or if it would happen again, and it did. And this is what you're going to play now. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm turning this pot on. I'm in my radio studio here. Work. And I'm going to push play on this thing, and I'm turning both of us off, okay? I'm going to turn your pot off, but you'll still be able to hear, just so that there's no ambient noise from you and no ambient noise from me, Right. So okay. I'm doing, so I'm doing that now. After the completion of this clip, we shall discuss. That's wild, Donna. Isn't it? So we've been trying to figure out what it is. It's not matching up with anything that we know of. 
So if you have thoughts on that, give us a call, 214 I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, though, if somebody thinks they know what it is, that would be great. Um, but, it's, it's you know, it was right there during the middle of the day. The workers, I don't know if you, know, you can hear them out in the background. You could in there. Right, yeah, you can. You can. Yeah. Are they speaking English? The workers? Oh, yeah, they speak English. Okay. It's been a long day for me as well. And, uh, you know, they're doing their thing. They're not paying attention to anything, and I'm just walking around. And, and I'm down below. The workers are up above, and, and then I'm hearing that noise. And I just happened to catch it because it happened more than once. And then after I recorded it, I didn't hear it again, by the way. That's bizarre. Here, I'll give it another spin. I wasn't expecting that. Again, I had not heard it at all. Here we go. It's weird. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's almost sing-songy. Yeah, it is very sing-songy. And so I don't, I don't know. And it's like it was. There's a, there's a volume to it, of course. Um, you know, I think it was. I think David um, probably amped up the volume a bit um, and put that in the forefront and the guys in the back. But you know, it was a ways away. I mean, it wasn't like right there, but the volume was still, it was still there. There's a lot of oomph behind it. Yeah, that's crazy. How long had you been there? How long had I been there? Mm-hmm. Oh, my word. Maybe 15, 20 minutes. Nah, maybe a half hour. Right, in the, You know, right between 15 minutes and a half hour, right in that time frame. I, you know, long enough to talk to the workers and for them to give me the overview and then start walking around. Right. Okay, so that first time that David and I pulled up, obviously there was nothing there, and now I'm of the opinion that something was there when we drove up and it ran over there, whatever, got behind those trees and hung out there. We opened the car door, and the first thing, I didn't get a bag or anything. The first thing I did was I stepped out of the car, I and we were rolling. We were recording all the drive up because y'all have heard knocks and stuff right. on, on when cars are approaching. So I had that, we had the recorder going all the way up, and... um it was raining off and on, little misty, go figure. It's Seattle in October or Washington State in October. And I get out and I go and I stand right at the edge of the concrete and the grass looking down. Uh, I take a deep breath and I just give a little, little whistle, louder than that, much louder than that, you know. And then... Um, I go inside. I'm, I, I grab some stuff and I go inside. David's there at the car by himself. He's actually bending down into the Subaru, retrieving things, and he hears something and he sat up, turned around, looked at the woods, and responded back. So this is that. So that's the difference in the two. It wasn't that, obviously, that immediate. He's cut this down for review, examination. But he hears, hears this first whistle and stands up, turns around, looks at the woods, and then whistles back. So this would be the difference between an unknown whistle and David's whistle. 
that's within 10 minutes, maybe, maybe maximum of being there. Wow. <clears throat> and there was nobody there. I'm, you know. No, there was nobody there, and it was late because I had flown in. He had come and picked me up. We got in traffic. You know, <laughs> I got there right at drive time. We stopped and ate on the way out. It's late. There's no light up on the side of that hill other than a few outdoor light. It's nasty outside. And, and then for me to immediately, without knowing that that occurred, walk outside and then hear something sound like they jumped the fence in that exact location from whence that whistle came. And then to know that there's that pile of stuff right there underneath the tree that, again, I feel like it had been put there, like, real recently, oysters included. Yeah, so maybe I was just hanging out there. You know, it's interesting underneath that tree, you know, I um, I didn't go up to that tree. I didn't look at, you know, I, I looked at it as I walked by. I didn't go and, and get a close-up look. But, you know, it's still, um, you know, something still goes underneath there, you can tell. You know, it's not, it's all kind of cleaned out underneath as something doing something there yeah so one other thing that occurred to us that you and i've talked about off the air is the when david and i got down in the ravine and we saw the baby arm oh yeah and the golf ball that was shoved into the embankment and david asked you when we talked to you later that day. Greg play a lot of golf? Do you remember this? Golf at all. Yeah, no golf at all. <laughs> he doesn't play golf. He doesn't play golf at all. In the most bizarre location, the only way you could have gotten a ball to that point, there would be no ricochet possible. It's just weird. Why would there be a random baby doll arm there? Why would there be a golf ball shoved in the bank like that? Yeah, we'd find some of the weirdest things around there. I mean, it was just... It's like they brought things from other places, I believe, and, and, and brought them for whatever, whether it's supposed to be a gifting thing like some people like to talk about, or they just play with it and then drop their toys and move on to something else like most three-year-olds do. So it's... Um, it's very interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's fascinating. And I do think... Fascinating is a good word. I do think it's... I do think it will be interesting to hear whether or not other people are experiencing this kind of stuff and maybe in a lot of ways like you, completely unaware of it in terms of what it is. You didn't go up there with that intention. You had never known the, any of this to be a thing, really. No, it was not on my on my radar at all. It was, um, you know, growing up in the Pacific Northwest, of course, you hear about Sasquatch um, at some point or another, you know, as you're growing up. But mm -hmm. it's not something, you know, I was busy living life, and I actually didn't live in this area. Um, but it was, you know, I was doing my thing, traveling around the world and, and things like that, and it's not something that we, Greg or I, really gave too much thought of before, about before 
So not until not until you know not until I actually saw one. Right at the bottom of our hill. Um, What's amazing is besides all of the things that have happened to you and you being an unbelievably amazing person, someone that I can't wait to see again. Um, and then I, I love talking to you and you and I've spent hours on the phone, just shooting the shit about life and the pursuit of happiness. And, but one of the things about you is you're a badass. You're, you know, you're a professional photographer. You've been in jungles You've done amazing shit throughout your life, and your husband is a badass as well. And part of the reason why he wasn't around a lot sometimes, he's a busy man, big-time guy. You guys have, <laughs> forgive me for saying this, but you guys have an amazing life. You're very blessed. You're great people. You care about shit that's unrelated to this at all. You go into your house, it's not a thing. You don't have Bigfoot posters hanging up on your wall or anything. You guys are normal freaking people, and but better than normal in that you're both amazing and you have way too much going on. Your reputation means something. It's not as if you're at the bottom of your <laughs> bottom of the hill. Damn it, how am I going to scrape together? A quiz knows later. Let's fake some Bigfoot audio and maybe someone will buy a T-shirt. That's not like, it would not, it doesn't. No. You have so much better things to do. And you love the house when you bought it-ish. <laughs> Greg, Greg works very, very hard. And, and uh, you know, we're very thankful. And, and But besides that, like you've been in the jungles of, do you want to talk about that at all? Just dr oh, sure. Yeah, no, I've been in the jungles, um, Amazon, I've been in Southeast Asian jungles, um, I've traveled all over the place, um, all over the world. And, and what were you doing when you were there? What were you looking for? In the Amazon, uh, the last time I was in the Amazon, I've been there multiple times, um, we were doing a shoot for, we were doing the Anaconda special for Nat Geo, and I was doing, and that was quite a while ago, and uh, we were doing something on Cloud Forest, out that way. So it was a double... Oh, oh uh, just... One. Chasing an anacondas in the jungle. Yeah, we do it at night. You get them at night. Find them at night first because it's easier to find the eyeballs. Thank you so much for doing this. I'll clip this together and I'll send it to you. Yeah, and I'm glad you're doing well. I really am. I'm. No, it's so good to hear your voice, and I appreciate your everything about you, and I hope you know how much I love you, you guys. Sometime we have to catch up. I want to see. How, we really want to see how your life is going. I want to hear about it. No, yeah, we we just had to hit the pause button, but everything else, I'm ready to go. When you walk through the garden, gotta watch your back. Well, I beg your pardon. Walk the straight and narrow track. If you walk with Jesus, He's gonna save your soul.
Favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your. First bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.